Welcome to episode number 12 of the Visions and Tones podcast and you are with me Tony and I'm with a very incredible friend Ladies and gentlemen, the incredible Dave Fortu. What up, what up, what up, what up? It's David here. <laughs> it's good to have you, Dave. Thank hey. you. It's an honor to be here. Finally, I've been having a whole lot of two serious kind mm. of people. Mm. And, you know, having you is really amazing because I feel like I'll get to relax oh, and be like a I'm normal bad. human being. <laughs> I've been like crazy all the time. You That's know? right. It's good to be prepared. I'm not that academic as a... <laughs> So, yes, very free-flowing. Right. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who's Dave Fortu? I know that we've just shared not long ago. Mm-hmm. Your parents are from Fiji. Yes. But you were born in New Zealand. Born Can you tell us just a little bit about that? Yes. So, my parents moved over from Fiji, not sure what year, um, but they moved over to New Zealand to study at AUT. Um, and pretty much all my siblings were born there except the last two. Yeah, so we're all born in New Zealand. We're all Kiwis. Right. Kiwis. That's the one. Yes. That's Kia Ora. Yes, Kia Ora. Kia Ora. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned that when I was in New there Zealand. And I really, really loved it. So all along, I've been thinking about saying Mbula, Mbula. But I was like, I'm not sure that Mbula is the right one. Or Mbula is correct, though. Kia Ora is the right one. Yeah, because so I know Mbula Kiora, is Fiji. Right? Yes, that's right. Mbula Vinaka is Fijian. Um, Kia Ora is Maori. Right. Yes. So you're a Kiwi. Yes. That's the one. Kiwi represent. Nice one. (laughs) Nice one. Love my Fijian roots though. Love my Fijian roots. So who do you identify as? Because right now you're here in Mm -hmm. Australia and probably a whole lot of Australian culture sort of, you know, blinding into who day photo is. Yes. hundred percent. Well, I definitely, I think it's definitely part of the rivalry between Australia and New Zealand. So I happily claim the Kiwi (laughs) side uh, because that's, that's where I come from. And then proudly claim the Fijian blood as well. Right. So, so yes, the but, rivalry based on sports. Yes, it? literally. Like, no, <laughs> I was I was for my all black shirt, and somebody said uh-huh. you're gonna be deported. You're ah, going back to see, South Africa. There we go. That's why I gotta claim it because they love to rip on us all the time. So right. I gotta claim the Kiwi side. Oh, amazing! <laughs> now I'm glad to have you. Mm. We're speaking leadership today, all but right. we're actually not just speaking leadership. We're speaking cultural blend. We're speaking diversity. Beautiful. And the reason for that, I feel like you're the ideal person because i mean parents from fiji and i see there's a fijian pride in you mm. and kiwi you're born in new zealand mm-hmm. and now you're here in australia but you are surrounded by a rainbow what i'd call a rainbow yes. nation but not rainbow nation from <laughs> the context of south africa but you've got different people from mm-hmm. different walks of life different countries tell me about that that's right well I am a big, something uh, you guys will learn about me is that I am big and passionate on culture, all things culture, Um, whatever side of the world it's from, anything to do with music, anything to do with art, anything to do with history, cultural history, I'm just big on all that stuff. So somehow I'm always just drawn towards people who sort of um, give that flavor to my life because I love, I love learning about other cultures. So yeah, I always find myself around other people from um, other ethnic backgrounds and yeah, Right. That's how it goes. And and now, how many years have you you here in Australia? In Australia, it's just passed over 10 years now. Over 10 years. Just over 10 years, yes. And you've created a very good, solid uh, sense of belonging in mm. a sense that even the way you are able to sort of mobilize people together, mm. you formed, is it you who forms part of the group? Is it Nilan? Tell us a little mm. bit about it. Yes, so it's Ninalem. Um, so if you spell yeah. it out, it's N-I-N-A-L-E-M, which is literally just melanin backwards. Ah. Yes. <laughs> so there's the click. Ninalem. There's the click. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, it was myself and then uh, four, four others from school. Um, but yeah, so mainly me, I was just, um, there were these four other ethnic kids in my year group. And we, we went to a predominantly white school. So um, we just sort of bonded over this uh, sense of uh, culture. So then we sort of made this group together because there was a lot of juniors coming up that also had um, ethnic backgrounds. And then, yeah, that's sort of how it started. We all from Newcastle High, Newcastle High School, love my school. And um, yeah, there was just four others and myself who sort of started up this group, um, which sort of celebrates multiculturalism. So, yeah. Right. And at the moment, how many people would you say are in a part of that group? Because I, I think it grew from just the four it of you, right? 100% did, yes. Yeah. Um, so I would say we're like over the three years that it's from when it started, uh, we have 
we've gathered at least like um 80 people who have uh come and join in in our gatherings and our 80 events. people yes so like at different As times eight zero yeah eight zero yes so Whoa. at different times throughout those years um and then the i guess that inner circle that group who sort of have stayed with it the whole time about 30 people um but yeah so all together over the three years about 80 80 i can think of wow yeah. uh can you remember let's see 80 people yes let's see how many countries you can remember okay. let's go one all right uh australia with the indigenous australians new zealand the maoris uh fiji papua new guinea samoa tonga cook islands that's all the pacific islands and then we've got um there's some africa uh burundi uganda rwanda south africa zimbabwe zambia mozambique um mauritius uh other places there um <laughs> and you've got southeast asia so we've got sri lanka india um philippines thailand cambodia then you've got those from south america so mexico colombia um we had a girl from Suriname once Suriname I forgot how to say the country um and then the people there's people from the states as well um and where else am I missing we've got those from Macedonia Greece um Italian backgrounds um and yeah I can't remember I feel like I'm I'm definitely missing some but we've got a lot of and we've got a lot of mixed babies too There is people, over yeah. 27 yeah. countries that you've mentioned. So lots lots of ethnic backgrounds there, lots of cultural blending right there. So love it, love it. Wow. Yes. So that's mm-hmm. the leadership in you, born a leader basically. Because <laughs> when it. I looked at you I was like there's, there's a great spark about you, Dave. Mm. Every time you make people laugh, you make people smile. They they speak so greatly about you thank in your you, leadership style. You. And I see you even in your um social feeds like the stuff that you do dance mm. and music Love. is the main thing how <laughs> do you guys use those to unify yourselves hence coming from different countries well you'll find i actually did this as part of my studies when i was doing early childhood but um you'll find in every culture in every country you'll find that there's a common ground and it's uh it's music it's uh dance it's singing and you'll find that we all have that thing in common it, it there's lots of different sounds different characteristics when it comes to that but the one thing that we all love is music and dance and singing and all that stuff so we find that that's one of the best ways to bring people together mm-hmm. uh is through music and dance and stuff like that yeah and i know you're a leader in one church which we're not going to mention it here for okay. ethical reasons let's not go there <laughs> okay but i hear that in the youth group mm-hmm. you guys have tribes and apparently there was tribe zulu <laughs> and <laughs> therefore too happens to be behind <laughs> what it. a coincidence why do you touch the shaka nation oh, <laughs> i am a big fan of the shaka nation big time big time and i was just like oh we are a warrior tribe and you'll find that a lot of that tribe that team right um it was all ethnic kids as well so right. i was like what better way to name it than um, the warrior tribe right there yeah 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 so we claimed it <laughs> with your permission hopefully so you've learned a bit about shaga because yes. at some point i had you telling me about shaga and i was like why are you telling me about shaga so <laughs> <laughs> yes i am a big fan you'll find that i'm actually a big fan of south africa as well so all things the culture from there is just beautiful big time so yeah i don't know thank you for loving my country i love though. it love it big and time. you're not on the show because you love my country no i no. know you laugh at my country <laughs> not long ago one leader said something funny about south africans taking over a certain uh-huh. campus and you came to me after the church service <laughs> how did like, you feel about how that? fun is that how did you feel about that i was like oh come on that's oh, the savagery the savagery yeah. <laughs> but here's what i love about you having so or maybe let's start here Mm. having a whole lot of indigenous people or even black people or people of color within the tribe zulu mm. hence the other one i believe there could be also a little bit of a blend didn't that sort of create a split or separation a sort of sense of othering yes. between you guys and then so between us and then yes um there was definitely uh that sort of sense of divide that we sort of i had to catch as well um before it got too big because definitely there were moments where we'd get some moments and there'd be comments made or things um against the other team and then sort of race would come into it and um I had to catch myself and I was like I guess the whole message of Nilem as well is rather than um uh making that divide bigger I guess it's rather 
not having to even worry about a divide, but rather just living our best lives, um, living out a sort of black excellence um, kind of message where I guess we don't even have to worry about it. So there's definitely moments where we had to catch ourselves um, when it came to moments like that, um, about things being said about the other teams and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's sort of just bringing it back to the main message of, of unity, of multiculturalism, because definitely when it comes to, I think, um, I guess we'll probably talk about it later on, but the common ground for a lot of us Ninalem and a lot of our tribe Zulu was that um, we definitely had experiences that we sort of related to when it came to race and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, that we'll probably end up talking about that later. We can actually um, jump on in because I don't want to keep it for later on. Oh, for real? I'm okay. actually coming there because uh, um, I actually observed you when I got here. You've been natural in terms of inclusivity mm. and, and diversity. And but going towards Black Lives Matter because that mm. was now towards Black Lives Matter where I saw that you became even more on fire because mm. all the things that were happening around were sort of angering you yeah. or whatever the case. Can you tell us about your experiences and the journey towards Black Lives Matter yeah. and why from there you had to be more even more intentional mm. going forward? Yes, absolutely. I'll happily talk about that. Um, there was definitely as soon as all of that was happening, um, it sort of sparked me. Um, uh, a reminder that I was made for such a time as this um, because everything that I live out, all my main values in life, it sort of comes to that um, that pride that of being a colored man, of being um, a Fijian man, um, a Pacifica person. Um, and I knew I have a responsibility because I know that there's a lot of young people who look up to me as well. Um, and I was sort of living that out before like um, Black Lives Matter came became big. Um, so then when that came to happen, I was sort of like, okay, now take action. Now's the time to take action and sort of remind people the message about, um, why we're beautiful, why we, uh, why we should be valued. Um, and that we don't actually have to take our value from what society sort of tells us. Um, because I feel like that's a, a big thing for people of color, black people, indigenous people. Um, we sort of, uh, get, how would you say it? You we sort of get dimmed down in a way because mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, a lot of potential that comes out of us young ethnic people, except we don't really know how to activate it because the the world around us doesn't let us in a way. Um, but yeah, I forgot what the question was. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it was for you to tell us about your experiences. My experiences, yeah. right? So right. maybe before you can share about what the other young people in your mm-hmm. group experienced, tell me about yourself because. I feel like I have to come to you and I might get a bit personal with you mm. later on because I feel like as a leader, there's quite a lot that you're taking in mm. and not just because people are shooting right at you with mm. the hurtful words, but also the fact that you have to be strong for other young people who mm-hmm. may be experiencing more pain. Yes, Can you speak absolutely. about yourself first? Right. What are the things that have been said to you and you had to deal with them and they were very hurtful and you feel like uh uh-uh no one should be going through Mm -hmm. this yeah so there's definitely been um i've had my own fair share of racial slurs when it comes to like during school where i was called a black s (laughs) black sh um and then other words that sort of come out in arguments and stuff like that um i've had words about my hair i don't know you you can't see it but i've got a, a an afro um but yeah i've had people say that my hair is too much or that it's um, messy, untidy, and sort of it sort of brings um, out that feeling that your hair is not good enough, or it's unprofessional, especially in the world that we're sort of growing up in right now. Um, it's slowly changing. I've definitely seen that, but um, having to share that my hair is my heritage, um, and that my skin, God doesn't make mistakes when He makes my skin and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I've had my fair share of um, feeling different and like an outcast because I've grown up in predominantly white suburbs throughout my life. Mm. Um, so I've had to sort of come to that realization um, of figuring out my worth. That was my whole cultural identity crisis that I went through in year 10 or year nine. Um, and I actually lived in uh, a country town. I lived in a country town in Australia. Yeah. And people in a country town can really yeah. be very backwards. They can be far, quite small minded. You know? Yes. Yeah. So luckily, shout out to um, three of my friends. There was two indigenous people and then there was a Maori girl. 
And then um, we sort of, we clicked straight away. And then it wasn't actually till after I'd moved out of that school that I realized how special that friendship that we had was. Um, because we clicked because obviously living in a country town, not many people look like us. Um, so you sort of had to teach yourself your self-worth as a, as a black person, as a person of color. Um, so yeah, after I'd learned that after I had moved away from that town, um, what I had learned, I realized I should teach this to other young people. So the school right after that, that was where Nilalem started, um, because I came to that realization that there's so many more young people who are actually needing that sort of, that push, that encouragement, that, uh, reminder of their self-worth as uh, black people, as people of color. And yeah. And tell me then a little bit about part of what the young people would experience, which appears to be a little different from what you experience. Mm. Hence, it's still racism at the end of the day. Yeah. Yes. So you've got, um, you've got like a few different groups. You've got those who have moved over um, from their home countries and they're here for studies or work. So they'll uh, have their, I guess they're homesick they're sort of longing for that community. Um, so there's those people in Ninalem who sort of need that belonging. Um, so that's why we've clicked. And then you've got, um, they have their fair share of definitely like culture shock, mm-hmm. as you would say, when they come over from, uh, for example, if you we have some from Africa who have come over to study and then they've all of a sudden they're surrounded by um, Caucasians. And then it's big. The culture is majorly different. Um, and then having to realize the things that we sort of learn um, here that for those who've grown up. Um, and that's another group, um, people who have grown up here um, and sort of having to balance two cultures, I guess, um, that of their own at home and then that of here um, in their schools, in their workplaces and stuff like that. And then you've got also got those who are mixed, mixed babies. Um, uh, they're balancing two cultures as well. Um, but yeah, we're all, there's like different contexts, different um, backgrounds to sort of how we've sort of come to realize our um, self-worth when it comes to um, our cultural backgrounds and ethnic backgrounds. But the common grounds is that we've all dealt with uh, like racism in our own lives um, and sort of just feeling like we are not welcome here or not like we don't fit in, in a way, um, or excluded, even excluded from social groups. Um I saw a post a while ago and it was to do with um, stop trying to, how would you say it? Stop trying to bring yourself to the table, squeeze your chair in and then tell them why you belong at that table and make your own table instead. Um, and that was, that one actually sort of stuck out for me because that's actually like, it's what I want to do. I want to, I don't want people to start um, feeling like they have to, I guess, assimilate into um, the white world around them, but rather just proudly be who they are. Um, and yeah, just be loud and proud about who they are pretty much. I love yeah. that. Mm. I really love that. Mm. And what I love about your group is the fact that there's few white people. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> How does that play out? And Look, sociologically, I've got a whole lot of theories and whatnot, Ooh, but uh-huh. we, we're not going to go there. Okay. I don't want to start. I don't want to start profiling people. So right. why are there white people in that particular group and not mm-hmm. in the other group? Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But because if we are to explore it again, the question would be: Where are they on the radar, or where are they on the class consciousness, or whatever, compared to the other world of whites? Why is it that they are on your group and whatnot? And now I'm doing what I said. I, I wasn't going to profile <laughs> people. I'm sorry for that, but. How how do you then tell me more about that space? The fact that now there's white people in it. How do you then go about with their education? How do mm. you teach people, you know, then to understand who they are and mm. how to respond to certain white people? Because one of the things that I came across now, I study social movements in my mm. uh, PhD, and one of the things that I came across is that there's one popular student movement in South Africa called the hashtag fees must fall, which mm. this was university students fighting against university fee increment. Right. And in few of the campuses, universities in South Africa, the presence of white people wasn't there because mm. fees must fall was also speaking about, you know, the history of colonization and the dispossession mm-hmm. and all those things. Mm-hmm. So students would say sometimes the narratives of fees must fall would sound as if it's a direct attack to white people. Mm-hmm. And this made even other white kids to feel like they 
they do not belong within the Face Mask Forward movement. Yes, right. Can you tell me about your group then, a space of people of color, black people, whatever, mm-hmm. and here's white people. How do you ensure that the education doesn't seem like you're actually teaching black people to be haters of mm-hmm. white people? Yes, yes. I'm glad. I'm glad you asked that. Hopefully I get my words right. Um, so it's funny that the, so the white people um, who are there in our group at the moment. So it's funny. I sort of have a name for it, but we call them um, the woke white people. So the people who actually are educated on their own behalf with our struggles or somehow actually relate to it. So you'll find we have a work white work white work white yeah, yeah so like being woke so these are the i love these people because they have they stand with us big time mm. um all our visions all our uh passion all all of it when it comes to culture and all that stuff they they stand with us big time um and you'll find that it's actually i have a sister in this group as well and she's indigenous um but she's also she her skin's white and uh she actually sent through um, something that she sh- she wanted to share and uh, she actually has her fair share of um, experiences when it comes to balancing cultures right yeah. so even for the people the white people who are in the group they actually relate to us when it comes to balancing um, the cultures whether it be their white culture or and then indigenous culture um, or even people from um, who else I think we've had a few um, Europeans I think. <laughs> Actually, maybe not. Not that I think about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, even those, I guess are sort of, those people who join the, the group, I guess they sort of have their own self-education. And then we sort of just share our knowledge um, amongst the group. And then eventually, um, the white people who join, they sort of just take it on as well. And that's why I love them because they sort of just, um, they really do, they listen, they listen. And they're sort of the, the kind of people that um, you would hope and you would wish for every single white person to be like, because they really do. They take it on, they take it into their hearts. Um, and then they sort of, the thing that sort of keeps them there too is the common ground. For example, the the white people who are there, they can dance, they can sing. Nice. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> there's a common ground there as well. So um, we have a, we have another sister and she's a dancer, but so she can move, she can move. Um, so when it comes to like, um, our Afro beats, um, dance sessions, and stuff like that. She actually fits in so She's well. She's amazing. Yes, <laughs> I know her, and I've seen her. I was like, what? Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So you've got the common grounds, and then you've got also just those people who actually, even though they appear white, they can actually relate to um, our struggles when it comes to balancing cultures, um, feeling like uh, or the struggle to fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Wow. And in your group, is there ever anything like calling out or calling in? Let's say someone mm-hmm. speaks out of line in terms mm-hmm. of another race, hence the people are in the group or another culture, or even if it's more colorism, because mm-hmm. I think one of the things that we never really speak about is color- colorism. colorism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you guys advocate for calling in or calling out? Well, um, I'm actually, we're actually really blessed at the moment. Touch wood. Um, but we actually haven't had to deal with um, those kinds of conflicts in the group um, between um, ethnic groups, between culture groups, thankfully. Mm. So God is good. God is good. We actually haven't had to deal with that. Um, if anything, like we sort of talked about earlier, the issue is actually um, sort of starting to create a divide between us yeah, and then those on the outside which yeah. is um i guess we can refer like the white people yeah um so if there's any issue it's actually that so luckily within the group we haven't had to deal with any conflicts to do with culture groups and stuff um but yeah so we're really lucky to yeah not have to do nice. with that at the moment theoretically mm. Theoretically, I had a problem with the phrase black people and people of color. Mm, so that's mm-hmm. me opening up to you. Yeah. That's how you'll educate me yeah. in this part. The reason why I had a problem with it is because I feel like to say black people and say people of color, sounding like you're talking about two different groups, there's a sense of othering mm-hmm. even between them. Mm. And it's a good thing that you're saying you haven't really come across a point where you know, um, uh, ethnicity issues or, or tribalism now mm. begin to rise up among you guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering whether is this something that you ever think about, the fact that 
you know, to say black people and people of color has a sense of othering between mm. them. And if you are to think about this in a context of, I don't know if you may have also heard people saying this, that between me and you, Dave, as far mm. as we non-whites, but you stand a chance to can be treated much more better than yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely, yes. So that's, so that's the othering that I'm mm-hmm. actually talking about in, 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 in using black people and people of color. Mm-hmm. How do you think about this concept and how do you guys try to keep your group healthy such that mm-hmm. you, don't, you do not fall on that trap? Mm. Um, like I was saying, because there hasn't been any conflicts yet, and I think that's a result of um, our, our common grounds being stronger than that issue at the moment so i guess the the best way to approach it is by making sure that those grounds that ninlem sort of founded on Mm -hmm. those foundations are will remain strong so that we never have to deal with that sort of divide within us when it comes to cultural groups and stuff like that um because yeah we've got we've got um those of um asian background and we've got those of african background and you've got those of um pacific islands um, and we all we all look different to each other, um, yeah. but we find that the our common grounds of having to feel like we are the other all together rather than just oh, our own little things has sort of kept us unified right. um, to the extent where we haven't had to worry about each other. Um, and it sounds bad. I feel bad for saying this, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, our our common grounds is that we've had to we've had our own altercations with white people. Um, mm-hmm. and so it's sort of made that the, it's sort of faded out any other issues that might arise between us because we're like, actually we can stand together, mm-hmm. each and every one of us, black people, people of color, whatever it might be, indigenous people, and we can, um, make our own table. Like, right. as I said earlier, yes. That's beautiful. Yeah. I really commend you, especially mm-hmm. the fact that you you're very inclusive, even mm-hmm. for white people. I want to just I want us to speak a little bit about diversity, mm-hmm. how you actually define diversity, and not only in the context of the group you're in, mm-hmm. but just overall. Now let me blab just a little bit or ramble a little. Mm-hmm. Bit. Mm-hmm. I served. I had the privilege to. I had the privilege to serve in different in different leadership um, mm-hmm. capacities. Coming back, coming from South Africa, I spent around uh, seven years to eight years doing what uh, the Catholic Church called the Saint Lawrence, particularly mm. the Anglican Church called the Saint Lawrence. Wow. Some people would call it um, altar boy mm. or oh, service right. or whatnot. Yeah, right. I did about eight years of that, and I served in the local area, which one what would probably call it maybe let's say Newcastle, original area Newcastle, mm. where we had three campuses in terms of my church. And right. I sort of oversee, I was overseeing like the youth group in those three churches for over um, five years. And then for over three years, I worked on a territory state, like um, mm. what here would be called a state level, right. which would be a province, a province mm-hmm. in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And I moved over from one province to move to uh, now Johannesburg, which is a different state. And I served there looking after a youth group, just one of the youth leaders uh, in a Pentecostal church, no longer in a in, a, in an Anglican church. Mm. And I served there for more than five years in the youth leadership. And then I looked after the band for like more over six years. And then out of that, I worked in universities and whatnot. And there's one thing that actually sort of throws me off. Mm. People use the word diversity. Mm. And by diversity, they actually mean just tossing colors around, throwing mm. colors there. You can throw colors in a basket and whatnot, but mm. you do not sort of give all those colors equal support. Equal rights, right. And mm-hmm. equal voice. And they call that diversity. And sometimes I feel like that is actually setting out people of color or black people for a failure because you can give me a position, but if you don't give me the necessary support mm-hmm. um, and then I fail, then those who are watching from a distance, they'd say, yeah, we knew it. They cannot handle this pressure. This is not their mm-hmm. platform or whatever the case. And I haven't really experienced that, you know, coming here for mm-hmm. anyone who might be listening to this and thinking, mm-hmm. oh, is this what you've been going through or whatever <laughs> the case? So let me just put that on record now. Mm-mm. But for me, it's this whole thing about diversity. Mm. How do you then understand diversity from your own context? Because I feel like everybody would need the necessary support, mm-hmm. resources, 
given the same power, the same voice mm. and whatnot, than just making me be just an ordinary caretaker, but I just take orders from elsewhere, which the power is a white power. Yeah. So how do you access, how do you see diversity and how do you exercise diversity? You know, yes. in your group, considering the fact that you do not only have people of color, you now mm. have even white people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, so diversity, that's definitely one of our biggest um, values. Um, when it comes to Nidalem, the way, what we sort of built it, that was the purpose behind it, um, showing the beauty of diversity. And when I think about diversity, it's sort of, I think about it as, um, so each culture being like, um, referring to it as like the body. So each organ, each organ of the body has its um, has its responsibility, has its role, its vital role. And I see that with cultures as well. Um, so every culture has something um, uniquely beautiful that it has to offer. And um, just something that is so special about each culture in its own way. And I just love that. And I just want um, Ninalim as a group to be able to portray that, portray that beauty. Because um, the bigger picture is that we want to see... Australia. Australia is already a diverse country and it's a already multicultural country. Mm. Um, but we sort of want to see that hybridity and in the um, the values of it, um, yeah, come to life as a as a nation. Um, because there there is truly something beautiful about it. Seeing all those different cultures, um, what they can offer, whether it comes to food, whether it comes to um, cultural attire, whatever it might be, the history. All of it. And I've seen through our group, through Ninalim, how it's actually, you see how it just benefits everyone because we learn things from certain cultures that you wouldn't learn from another one. Um, And it sort of makes you wiser as a person um, and it makes you more woke as well. Um, So yeah, so diversity, I guess bringing it back to your question Mm. is, we're like, yeah, we're like a body. Um, Every organ has its own role, has its own unique um, characteristic and something like that. Um, but yeah, it's just all, it's all beautiful in its own way. Hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, I'm not sure really if I nice. did. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't push it to say it's a right answer, wrong answer. But you yeah. Know, you said, I really, I really like it. Um, mm. Tell us more, Dave, apart from the activities that you guys do, you dance, you sing, mm. it's more about unity. It's more about helping people find a sense of belonging. What other activities do you do and how do you guys see yourself sort of impacting the Australian the Australian community in Newcastle mm. is it just ending in your group or there's activities you activities you do with schools and whatnot to promote diversity and to mm. teach even more yeah so as of right now we're actually we're not really an official group um, but that's something for the future that I'm aiming for um, eventually make it an official program a youth program a young adults program um, where we can sort of actually have that um, like it's an official group that I can uh, create a community where people can come to if they need it. Um, but at the at the moment, we're just a uh, yeah. I would just say we're just a family. We're just a group. That's um where we sort of gather. We do barbecues and stuff like that. Um, as we would have said earlier. Um, sorry. Why is it? Why is why is it? Why is that the case that you not? It's not official it? yet. Yeah. yeah. So um yeah, because it sort of started in school, mm. and then um. It was just, it was school-based at the moment, different schools. Everyone had their own little groups. And then we sort of just gathered as groups of friends. Mm. So um, friends that became family, because that was the main aim. Um, Something that I was needing was family, a cultural family. And that's where it sort of started off. Um, But that's something that we're working towards. So I have another sister um, who has her... Ninalem group, but in Castle Hill in oh, Sydney. Yes. Nice. Yeah. So um, at the moment, everyone just has their groups um, in their schools. Because, yeah, I'm only 20. <laughs> I'm only 20. Very but young. yes, <laughs> I'm aiming to, hopefully in the future, once I've finished with my own studies, um, to actually have started it up officially as a youth program. Um, but yeah, I would love to, other things that we'd love to do, um, I would eventually love to do even like cultural days. Uh, where we can put on showcase the the different cultures yeah the different cultures yeah. here in Newcastle um even just going on trips to um cultural uh celebrations um mm. wherever they might be um we've actually have taken a group to Fiji Day Fiji wow. Day in Sydney yeah nice. so that was one of the things we did we actually went and uh, sort of um celebrated Fiji's independence um mm. but yeah different uh events like that um 
Sorry, I'm going off track. That's all right. <laughs> so yeah, so like obviously we said um, gathering over food, over adventures, all that stuff. Um, but eventually the aim is that I would love to do a youth program, um, whether it be at a place, uh, maybe just offering a place where people can gather together like a, like a youth house or something like that. Right, yeah. Um, or, or even like an educational program. Um, um, there's a place in Sydney... Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's actually like a, a cultural dance group. And they sort of, um, they teach, they offer it out to the public um, for them to learn um, the different cultural dances of each of the Pacific Islands. Mm. Um, so even if that's, I would love to work towards that to make an educational program as well. Um, teaching people about cultures um, and opening it up to the Australian community because that's something that would really benefit everyone as a whole. Um, sort of just... Um, becoming more socially and culturally literate. mentors apart from the fact that you're not a formal mm. you know an official group do you have mentors um we actually not quite actually as um so when we first started we were the oldest we were the seniors um so at that stage it was sort of me it was me being the mentor and then the other seniors being those mentors to those younger ones mm-hmm. um so they've sort of moved on they're doing their own thing um and i'm sort of i'm sticking with it but now i'm blessed to have other people who have stepped in as well who are my age and older um so at the moment there's not really any specific and formal mentoring program mm-hmm. um but we it's some it's sort of moralized on self education and then just passing down what we've learned and what we value and stuff like that um, which usually comes from the older ones, the the senior class we call it, <laughs> the right. senior class. Yeah. Yes. My fear also is the fact that if you make it more formal mm. and you start to look for sponsorship and you start to look for mentors, people might start to actually, you know, push down mm. their own values and start to sort of change the yeah. structure of what you guys are building. Mm. But at the same time, to have something formal also, it's very good because you're saying people have to be held accountable, yeah. especially as leaders and whatnot. Yes, how do absolutely. you see how do you see that playing out? Is is that could that be one of the reasons why you're hesitating mm. or, or whatever the case? Um I would say it hasn't become formal because we just haven't gotten around to it properly. Mm. Um and I want to work towards that definitely. That's something that I'm working towards over these next few years because I feel like it'll take a little bit. Um but it's definitely we actually the so the Ninalem in Castle Hill with my sister Rebecca, um, you'll find that there's a lot of Desi culture, um, so like Indian culture and stuff like that, and um, a lot of their families work better with more and with the way that they've been raised up. Those young people they work better with more formal programs, programs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So whereas here in Newcastle, um, the demographic and the people who um, I'm raising up here they actually work better with free-flowing, sort of spontaneous and uh, just gathering just for the sake of creating community. Mm. Um, so I sort of like got to read the, read the room, read the room, um, read the community that we're with as well. Um, sort of take it step by step. Because, yeah, the last thing I want to do, I guess, is, um, yeah, push it down as a program when it works better for the people that I'm with as uh rather just a gathering in a community. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sort of just got to read the room, I guess. Read the community that you're with. Mm. Here's a big question mm. or broader question. Mm. As much as you guys were focusing on, you know, supporting each other even against racism, how do you deal with issues of, you know, gender roles mm. in the group? How do you deal with issues of religion mm. and sexuality? Yeah. Um, so... I guess in regards to gender roles, we're also, we're pretty blessed. God is good. (laughs) We haven't had to worry about anything so far. There's actually a lot of um, females in our group. And I'm not sure whether that's because I actually, I connect better with females because I've grown up in a female household as well. Um, But yeah, I've got a lot more sisters who are helping um, raise up this group. 
Um, so yeah, gender roles has never been an issue because I'm sort of just grateful for any help that I can get when it comes to organizing nice. gatherings and stuff like that. Nice. Um, when it comes to uh, religion, um, yeah, we actually we also were blessed again. Haven't had any issues. We definitely have had a few um, sisters from the group who have Muslims friends, and they wanted mm. to bring them along, and they were asking whether it would be an issue if they came along. Like, and I and I had to tell them I was like, actually, no, no stress at all, um, because the main message is unity, and I'm sure right. whatever um, whatever religion religious background it is, I'm sure they can all agree with this message of unity, this nice. message of yeah. Um, that we are all created beautiful. Yeah. Whoever creates them, you know, whatever religious background it is. Um, but yeah. And then sexuality, um, sort of bringing it back to just inclusivity. And then um, the fact that we all relate around the um, history of being left out and uh, feeling like we don't fit in. I know that when it comes to sexuality, even them to those people who might be um, feeling like they're, um, left out as a result of their sexuality. Even that, that's a common ground right there that we can build on. So it's never really a common issue. We're really blessed at the moment um, because the overarching message, the bigger message and the bigger vision behind it is that we're creating unity amongst um, uh, the BIPOC community. Um, but yeah. Nice. Yeah. Do you guys have any needs? Needs. Yeah. Well, as I as I said before, we're not <laughs> we're not formal, we're not official. Yeah. So at this stage, there's nothing really that we need. Um, except I would I would love to encourage if you do have um that that need for belonging, if you do feel like you're lacking that community, um and you want that sort of that cultural family, feel free to reach out to me. Mm. Um yeah, I we would love to help you there because there's nothing more that we love then um, making family and sort of just growing growing that family. Um, because I don't know if you've noticed, Tony, but the Newcastle's changing. It's definitely becoming more multicultural. I've seen. I've seen. <laughs> so I want to catch it. I want to catch and create a positive culture with all the um, black, indigenous and people of color that are coming in mm. um, where we can sort of create a strong community, strong positive community. Um, and not make it become a place like uh, like Sydney or something where right. there's so many of them, but they don't really value culture as much as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I love New Zealand because the way that they showcase and they put value on all the Pacific Island cultures is just beautiful. And um, our, there's there's quite a few like in Sydney because I I'm I have family based in Sydney, so I go there often. And there's so many cultures there, but it's sort of just everyone's in their own little grooves or right. they're sort of just living life day to day. There's not really value unless you go to cultural gatherings or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I would love to catch it here in Newcastle before it gets to that stage. So, um, yeah, just reaching out. If there's anyone out there who is looking for community, feel free to reach out because you want to create a positive um, multicultural community here in Newcastle mm. before it gets too much. Um, but yeah. Let's let's get to you now with this one question. Mm. We're gonna wrap very shortly. You're doing a whole lot of things. Mm. You've got your own life on the side. Mm. You bring people together, helping them out, navigate their space. You know, mm. negotiate their space mm-hmm. or whatever in Australia and whatnot. How do you, as now Dave Foto, mm. how do you refuel? How do I refuel? Well, you'll find that for me the those moments where I refuel are actually the gatherings themselves. So um I go to youth and church as well. And so even just gathering with people, that actually refuels me. I'm yeah, I'm an extrovert. Um so my refueling moment is actually with people. So all the all the effort that I might put into organized gatherings or organized gathering people um on the day that it happens mm-hmm. is when I'm taking it and receiving it. So I'm actually okay when it comes to, um, yeah, refueling because it's actually when we gather, I'm just blessed. Like I just take it all in, feel the love, I feel the joy, Mm. all of it. It sort of just blesses me to be around people. Um, So yeah, as much as, as much as the effort goes towards um, making it happen on the day, on on those gatherings when it actually is happening, I'm actually like, I'm fueled when it happens. Right. 
So you never get drained. Not really. Yeah, because people, when I'm around people, it actually fills me up. That's really beautiful yeah, to hear. Because really at some point I was worried. I was like, oh, <laughs> Dave is busy. I wonder mm. when. And, and I understand, you know, the different kinds of personalities. The mm. fact that, you know, some people really being around people, that's mm. how they really get more of their energy. Yeah. And there's other people, again, which if you can continue with your group being mindful of, and I'm pretty sure that you are actually mindful of, mm. it's the fact that some people, people their sense of belonging being with you guys may not necessarily be only an issue of racism within their community at large mm. but the group itself might be the safest space for them to even escape yes. challenges at home yes absolutely you know i don't know mm. how much does that come out like mm. when you when you observe your group yeah so even throughout school there was a lot of young people who had their own fair share of issues at home um and yeah so whenever we hung out a lot of us would hang out after school as well. Um, it was actually, it was, it was a break from their, their life at home, whether it be dysfunctional families or whether it be, um, yeah, just, or even issues in their social groups. So even for me, I had two groups. I had mine in my own year group. Mm. Um, and then I had Ninolem, my Ninolem group. So if there was ever issues with this group, I will just go over to Ninolem <laughs> and just take a break. Cause they, yeah, there was just something about, having that community, having that family. That's why I love the word family because it's so important to me because there was a moment in my life where um, I was really lacking that family mm. feeling. Um, so yeah, creating that um, sort of blessed me and it sort of that's what fuels me up, being around them. So it's still to this day, whenever I'm around them, mm. it fuels me up. Um, and it's the same for, I know even other people, um, whenever they're having issues or stressful lives that they might be going about, shout out to our uni students who do a lot. Nice. Um, they even just gathering together, it sort of just takes all of those burdens off our shoulders for a little bit to just really appreciate life, appreciate our cultures and appreciate um, each other. And yeah. Beautiful. I really want to commend you, Dave. You're an Thank incredible you. young man. You're an incredible leader, uh, full of love, full of, you know, brightness you know it's in every room you step in there's so much light you make people sing even if they don't want to sing man that's important that's important (laughs) you make people dance and everything i really love that and i pray that you continuously get the strength to go on and on and Mm. really change people's lives mark people's lives positively because we really need people like you in today's Mm. lifestyle where people can actually disappear in social media Mm. and you know absolutely drown themselves in depression and everything but here you are keeping a whole lot of young people energetic over 80 people yes they come Mm. and go it's sort of a fluid Mm. kind of a group but the fact that you keep on going and going that's the very most important thing and i really from the bottom of my heart want to let you know that i really appreciate your strength i appreciate Thank your you. wisdom and appreciate your humility mm. keep on keeping on and if you need help shout out to people if you want to catch up even with myself or you want right people that i can connect you with feel free to let me know so that we can actually help you young people to yes. actually have a safe environment around mm. thank you so thank much thank you thank you for this opportunity and this platform to share my passion share my heart Ninalem. Mm. shout out to all of our Ninalem, and shout out to all the people who have been along that journey for those last three years but yes, thank you, Tony. Thank you for this opportunity. Amazing. I've got two two games for you before you go. Okay. All right. Okay, maybe number one. Can you can you can you can you say one line, one full line in any of one of the languages you've learned from your people in the mm, group and then mm-hmm. tell us what the line means? Okay, so you've got we were on a holiday once. We've been on a holiday, some of us, together, and then they taught us how to say thank you for the food. Um, <laughs> so you've got in um, Shona, you've got Matabasa, you've got in Lozi um, from Zambia, you've got Nitumezi, um, you've got, shout out to Aaron, Aaron taught me this, um, Yalamaipo Inyamat. And Uganda, Uganda. Yep, yeah, yeah, so I forgot, I forgot what the name of his dialect was. Um, and what else have I learned? What else has I learned? I don't know if I'm saying this right. I actually had a South African teach me this. I'm not sure if it's Zulu. Um, okay, this is, this is going to be embarrassing. Hambaga <laughs> Kle. How do I say it? Go well. Hambaga. Yes, yes. Go yeah, well. Yeah. But yes, I love that line. Love that line. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> it's really beautiful. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> yes, yes. It's really amazing. And mm. I feel embarrassed because I don't really know a lot of languages. Uh, of <laughs> that's African okay. Languages. I love my languages. Love my languages. I, I've been learning Swahili and hey, I'm telling you, I you suck go. each and every oh. minute. I tried. You celebrated too quickly. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Second one. Mm-hmm. Can you sing any song that you may have learned? I know mm. you're a brilliant vocalist. Mm-mm. Just show this. Any song you've learned from any of the languages from one of the groups? I, I learned a, a Maori song actually. So that's the indigenous tongue of New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes like this Po kare kare na na wairo toru wa iti atu koe hine marino ana e e hine e. Oki maira kamate ahau ite aroha e yeah <laughs> that's the one that's amazing what <laughs> what does it mean it's a love song that song is a love song right yes um, oh, it's an old classic in the Maori language so yeah. great to have you. Can you rap for us? What are you leaving us with? If you had to leave us with your golden mm. Fotu mojo. Mm. Okay. My favorite word is just bless. <laughs> so bless you all. Um, actually. You can find it. Yeah. Yes. I had a, I had a, one of my sisters actually shared this with me in preparation for this. Mm. Um, but there's something that she said that sort of just stuck with me um, in regards to culture and the value that she has for it so if i can find it super quick um and i just sort of want to read this one line from it and it was um she said i started to value my culture because it's who i am and it's what makes me belong um my culture is beautiful in ways the eye of the beholder can only see um and i read that and it sort of just struck me and it was just like in ways only the beholder can see. So we want to make everyone the beholder. We want wow. everyone to sort of um, see the beauty and the value of culture. Wow. Um, so yeah, if there's something that I want to drop there, it's just, let's become beholders. My drop, be <laughs> a beholder. Yeah, that's right. So ladies and gentlemen, that was Dave Fortu. So much good to have him joining us and sharing with us, you know, his wisdom. Keep Fortu and the team in your love and in your prayers wherever you are and i'll connect with dave for you whenever you want to connect with him and chat with him dave how do people find you um i've got instagram um dave underscore four underscore two that's probably the best way to find me right um and yeah so through instagram is probably the best way for me thank you for thank you thank you tony have a good one visions and tones see you next time cheers